2: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello, Ramblers, and welcome to a little revisit of our series at the match, which we made to bring... You, the atmosphere from some of the UK and Europe's most interesting grounds and games, which for obvious reasons, while we're mostly indoors, I've been really enjoying re-listening to of late and re-sampling the roar of the crowd. This is the first ever episode we did when me and photographer Sam hopped in the car and headed homeward bound, for him anyway, down the M4 to Cardiff, where uh, Wales were taking on Spain at the Millennium. And straight away, we get to that sweet spot that we're trying to bring you. The bit where you hear the rendition of Land of Our Fathers from the top of the game through your headphones is really special. And then we get into the burgeoning relationship between Wales and its national team, why bigger isn't always better in terms of stadiums, and much more. This is at the match from Wales versus Spain on 11th of October 2018. Well, I can see the stadium duffing those houses there. The ring really is right in the middle of the city centre, isn't it?
0: It is right there. It's a good tour though. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's busy, isn't it? Busy. Daffodils as far as the eye can see. Or a daff hat or a, daf- a half and half scarf? What do you reckon?
0: Always a daff hat. And now we're going to start with Anthem Company. We remain standing for the National Anthem of Wales. The wild goal, a Wild Golf, Canough and Angerth, Bloiddiwth and Balchdel, the Red Wall. Sing it loud and proud.
2: So the last time I came to a, a game at the Millennium Stadium, as I still insist on calling it, um, <laughs> I worked out it was in summer 2007. Wales were playing Czech Republic. It was probably about one-third full, I would say. And having gone back and looked it up to make sure I had the, the right date, the right year, even... Um, I was amazed to see it was Ryan Giggs' last international match. Now he is here as a coach. How much has changed in the meantime?
0: <laughs> um, a huge amount has changed actually. I mean, Bale was playing that day from what I remember. He'd made his debut the year before. There had to be a, a, an you know, a complete sort of revolution from top to bottom of football. Mark Hughes... People, people will identify success at the Millennium Stadium and there were some, some big results beating Italy there under Mark Hughes. But he had, this, he had this approach. It was his first managerial job of any sort. And he had this approach, a great player. I mean, I'm not knocking him as a player for Wales or for his clubs. But he was only interested in that senior men's team. Everything mm. else, pretty much disinterested. So there was no pathway. and Sort of like a, a, a coach like a
2: Mourinho who goes out and buys players for now.
0: Yeah, yeah, way. yeah. Or, you know, some kind of, I don't know, wealthy but limited nation that just gets in, you know, a gun for hire. Um, yeah. You know, some like the African countries fire their coach when they get to a World Cup and they get some French guy in, you know.
2: Yeah, um, Sven on in an
0: orange tracksuit. Yeah, too. Bora military Don't get on board with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, and, and for a short while it worked. but belief back into the team. Um, there was some talent in that team you know Bellamy Giggs you know Hartson was a great sort of centre forward in, 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 right. in the system that that, that, that Hughes played you had know, class in the back in, in the form of sort of Daniel Gabadon but by and large um, that was all the focus for Hughes and um, when he finished a lot of those players Speed, Savage, Hartson Giggs um, Pembridge Melville uh, you name them Rob Page a lot even the ones on the fringes were too old and um and best days were behind them. And, you know, we had very, very little coming through. Um, so what we've got now, and you've seen the fruits of it with the Euros, um, should have qualified for the World Cup, and that was a failure. No no, no, two bones about it. What we've got now is this pathway. So we talk about this pathway from, from top to bottom, from from young to, to senior, um, that is around a certain philosophy. It's about an identity. It's about culture, not just on the pitch, but off. So, in so, what way? So, players who've, um, who have qualify via sort of grandparents, for example. So, Andy King came on today. That could have been me. <sighs> so, so, I didn't so even close get picked to under Toshak. So, you'd have got, yeah, yeah. Um, very few people didn't get picked under him. Um, it was really kind of scraping a barrel stuff at times. And, and, and to be fair, a lot of those kids, we played, we, we covered this in our last podcast. We were talking about, you know, we're playing Spain today, we played France last year, you know, top, top sort of countries who tend to as well keep those friendlies to themselves. Mm. Yeah. Um, and with the advent of the Nations League I think it's interesting now what's going to happen with the few remaining genuine friendly dates as to what happens with those those mm. fixes those slots um, but we were playing like Liechtenstein in Wrexham and you know um, Cyprus away and, and, and New Zealand at home and real kind of you know average countries to put it politely because the players were so young I mean literally so young mm. 16, 17, 18 they just they just weren't playing games for the club, let alone for the country. So we just used to arrange these f- f- friendlies, and, and was hoping that we wouldn't get a complete pump in because, you know, that would sort of really kind of damage confidence. And there were some players whose confidence just just utterly disappeared. So Richard Duffy left Swansea, big money went to Portsmouth. Um, you know, Reece Weston left Arsenal, joined Cardiff, and really struggled to get caps after just confidence just like disappearing. Um, so there was a lot of collateral and he just, he just tried to play lots and lots of players and eventually kind of was, was getting somewhere but it never really happened for Toshak in the end and you know it's, it's an issue that even now kind of splits splits the fan base but um, he did insist on unifying the the intermediate level from age grades so he put Brian Flynn in charge of, of all of the under 21s yeah. under 17s right down to kind of victory shield 16s, 15s and said you, you you just get give me players and what was interesting was when he used to have maybe Ian Rush at you know, in charge of under 17s, someone else in charge of 18s or 19s, under 20s, they're holding on to the best players in mm. that age group because they want the results, because it's a results but game, isn't it? Results business. Well, for Wales, it shouldn't be. It's got to be about developing talent. It shouldn't be for any international well, team, really. And shouldn't. it certainly shouldn't be for us. And I still maintain that, you know, if Giggs rocks up for work on Monday morning with a squad to pick that week, how many professional players as Wales got to offer him? Mm. I mean, I mean, players who, you know, they, they, that, that, is, that, is their, that is their job. And when you whittle out the 16 and the 17 year olds on YTS things, and you whittle out the players still knocking around at 34, 35 in League mm. Two, once you whittle those out, once you whittle out the, the, the full time pros of our players at the New Saints, mm. you know, or Connors Key I absolutely maintain that we must have 80 professional players to choose from.
1: Goal is fine. Goal for now. Number
2: What about more off the pitch what about in terms of atmosphere I mean what is seven and a half years since Wales last played at the Millennium Stadium it seemed really difficult it it reminded me a bit of Spurs at Wembley actually when they they filled it up with 90,000 and a few tourists I mean you had like 50,000 there tonight at at, at the Millennium to to watch Spain and I, I find with that sort of level of stadium it's quite difficult to hit a high point with the atmosphere and keep it up and I really felt that was the case tonight I mean you could say there was no bail you could say uh, Wales went 1-0 down after 7 minutes and that made it tough but how difficult is it to maintain the atmosphere and how much did that show that playing the games at Cardiff City is the smart way to go
0: Um, I I, I think it was a perfect perfect example of, of, of why that has become you know, the, the, the designated, if you like, home ground for Wales. And um uh you don't forget, you know, as well with, with Wales there's been that, that Cardiff City Swansea City rivalry, Cardiff City other teams, frankly. Um you know that's that's never that's not long been consigned to history, that yeah. infighting. When you used to take games to the VET, you take the Ninja and you take them up to the race course, which historically was actually Wales's most successful ground. it's right. still to this day is the game the ground we've played most games in. Is that right? Yeah. Um so, albeit we've played more games in Cardiff, but across different grounds, but yeah. a single stadium. It's the oldest international stadium in, in the world. So um, if we're going to take a game anyway, my personal view would be to take it there. Now, it's not up to scratch for international games, apparently, and, and it's all a little bit obscure as to what would need to be done to get it there. But just from and you a traditionalist perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but also because, you know, of that 50,000, well, there's a few tourists, but you, you, take, the, you take a, a 35,000 then, more or less capacity crowd, but a bit more than that, at Cardiff City, um, there's a disproportionate amount coming from North Wales. Yeah? And that's all, right. there's always been a very strong, hard, hardcore representation contingent from North Wales, from Welsh-speaking yeah. Wales, okay. um, for whom there's you know, a strong kind of Republican culture, nationalist culture, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so to take games to Wrexham, I think, is actually a recognition of their... You know they're bit they're part of the fabric, the DNA of the, of, the, of the fan base. Yeah. Um. It's also a great little stadium, but little being the operative word in comparison to, sure. to here and, and and the other grounds in South Wales. Um. And clearly you wouldn't take a Spain game there, but. Um, uh, and I think it's about maybe 10, 11 years without checking since we last played there at all and that was against teams like um, New Zealand, Canada, Liechtenstein. Mm. those were the last three games we had there so I think it is hard to generate an atmosphere there there was a statistic and I'm not sure if it's still a case now but there was a statistic for a long, long time that we never won a game at the Millennium after going behind and you saw that tonight and the number of games so the last time we played there was England early goal scored it's really hard to turn that around because the fans. You, you mentioned it; the noise just sort of dissipates, and it's, it's even a, with the roof shut Yeah, I think because what happens is it dis, it, it disperses the the the, the singing. Yeah. So, in the Canton end at, at Cardiff City is, is where a lot of the singing happens. Yes, it's it, they they set the tempo, they set the tone, they get the song started, um, and 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 then that kind of you know ripples out, you know, as it happens in a lot of lot of grounds.
2: But it's, it's part of that what's what's happening at the Millennium say this evening is part of that the feeling of a association with a less successful era a much less successful era because it's, it's funny I was I was talking about that Czech Republic game yeah yeah and you know I had to double check that it was a qualifier it was a qualifier but it didn't feel like a no. qualifier for Wales because they were so far off qualifying it might as well which, not have been
0: which, which happened a lot yeah I mean yeah. time didn't help with that as well it was towards the end of the season but I think uh... <laughs> it's a rugby ground I think that is a factor mm. I mean you know rugby versus football debates in Wales leave me leave me completely cold to be honest but I, I, it is a factor Yeah. you know you walk out of that stadium and it's you know everything you saw is around a lot of rugby motifs and, and slogans and faces and the RFU it, shop actually. right next to it yeah yeah, yeah. WIU um, <laughs> an RFU shop would not do very good business um, so I think you know that 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 is inescapable to be fair to the FAW and you know there used to be a basket case but you know, they 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 knock spots off most other associations, um, certainly amongst the home nations or the British Isles. Um, They've worked hard to ensure that those people who usually have tickets in the canton, and we have things like um, tournament tickets now, where you buy your tickets for a campaign in advance or your home games. Yeah, yeah. You have the same seat. Like a mini season um, ticket. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose that fosters something with the people around
2: you. I yeah, mean, you you yeah, go with absolutely. the same people, don't you? Pretty much, yeah. But, yeah. But- I mean, part of football, wherever you go, and part of, uh, part of the club game, especially especially post-Taylor Report, is the fact that, you know, you do end up sitting next to the same people. Now, if, in the old days, if you're on terraces, if people annoyed you a bit, you could move. You moved, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that's no yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. on one hand, you're kind of stuck with people in a season ticket seat. But on the other hand, you build these friendships with people. Hmm. You may not know their names, what their jobs are, where
0: they live, but you become quite close with them you, you do and to be fair to FAW when, when on the occasions they've taken games here um, to the millennium they, they, they've worked hard to try to give people the same sort of allocations mm. but at the end of the day it's a different ground it's a bigger ground the, the, the stands are bigger different mm. numbers of seats etc cetera, etc cetera. and I'm sure it's a nightmare to have to kind of administrate all of that for the FAW but sure. they've done well there um, and they've tried things with you know there was a bit, a few more horns in there tonight and stuff like that the Barry horns as the band are, 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 are great as well I'm not aware that they were there tonight if they were I couldn't hear them sorry Fez and the rest of you um, you know so, so all of that has, has fostered a sense of belonging and attachment to the team and I think what that ground does it sort of dissipates it a bit because you get a lot more tourists you get a lot more um Uh, Children, uninitiated people, the people who don't pick up the signals and the signs for certain songs. They don't know the significance of cheering in a certain minute. They don't know that the anthem gets sung at a certain minute, more or less each game, things like that. But I don't want to knock them for coming because everyone has a first game. And, you know, my lad Morgan came tonight. He still hasn't seen Wales win, um, which is kind of how it usually is for most of us. And, you know, that's what the formative years are like. But, um, you know, there's still a wow factor to that stadium. Yeah. On an aesthetic level, just a visual kind of—it's it's an, still an impressive stadium. Yeah, for but sure. Once the game starts, that—it's that, that, hard to generate an atmosphere. And, I, and I, I, you know, I could hear some songs coming from behind the, the goal that, that Wales were attacking in the second half, but not a huge amount. Um, and that's a shame, but I, I can understand why the FAW have taken it. You know, you wouldn't have got fifty thousand two hundred or whatever the crowd was in any other stadium in Wales. So, on that basis, it's, just, it's certainly justified the. The decision to switch it, but you'll you know if it's not for another seven years to be played there, then that's fine by me. With all <laughs> with all due respect to the to the ground, uh, they worked hard as well. stewarding was a problem in the old time, old years mm. as well when we were there as and as a designated home ground. So you had you, you had very few flags. Um, and the think one of the one of, again come back to this kind of culture and part of the fabric and the identity of the team is that you have these flags that have got these tiny tiny little villages pit villages in the valleys little North Wales towns and villages and there's a certain kind of charm to that that's part of it in the same way that England has a lot of those you don't see Chelsea and Man City flags none like Georgia, eaten, and none, yeah yeah like, like that yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's part of the charm well I, I want to see those flags and it was very very rare sometimes that you'd get those flags Gadella Kai
1: leaving the field number 15, Sergio Ramos, and his place for 21, Mark Partrah. Another who's died, another from Sergio Coyle. So Gadella Kai leaving
0: the field number six, Saul Davies, and in his
2: place, Aguirre Rui. Coké. Coké was playing for Wales, eh? So, how has changing f- the changing fortunes of Wales changed your feelings? around the team and especially you know I know you and your friends go away to to various places pre and post Euro 2016 what has that done for the, the, the feeling of following the national team
0: um there was a lot of lean years and, you know, it was all in, in hope rather than expectation. You know, we'd, we'd convinced ourselves that we were never going to qualify for anything. Yeah. And that was kind of fine, you know, because the trips are still good fun. Yeah. Um, you know, if you live in, you know, Porthely or somewhere in northwest Wales, you know, it's a five-hour drive down now today. You know, it's a five-hour drive, mm. drive back. i got mates now leaving, setting off from Wrexham. Uh, set off for Wrexham and... That that's that's three hours now tonight. So they're getting home at you know one two o'clock in the morning. They're taking days off. You know, if the kids from North Wales gone down, they've had to be taken out of school for today and all that kind yeah. of stuff. They're almost like away games within, within you know as, as home games and all of that. And that that was always really really strong. There was a hardcore element to that, and notwithstanding some of the inter club rivalry issues that we'd had, but that hardcore is still there now. It was always there, and it's still quite what's the best way but it's still prominent within within that kind of mm. sort of fan culture that's developed but what you've got now you've got stuff around fashion with Spirit of 58 you've got the Barry Horns you've got the podcasts you know we were pretty much the first we were the first one about the national team Yeah, um, there were podcasts about football in Wales about club stuff we don't touch club stuff it's just the national team for us mm. um, others have come along you've got ex-pros doing their, their, their thing now as well so well, all of this has created a real kind of vibe which is great which that fills the gaps between the international fixtures so how much of the difference between
2: how people feel about Wales as a national team and the Welsh club scene how much is that to do with the fact that some of the most a couple of the most prominent clubs in Wales are integrated into the English system whereas the the national team is totally separate isn't
0: it yeah and I think there's a I think actually you know we talk about you know independent football nation and we're very anti-Team G by and large there was an anti-Team GB banner there I saw behind, behind one of the goals um, I think I think I think there is I, th- I think there's always been a, a, a strong identity that these are Welsh clubs going into England um, for all of their away games and there's a bit of a bit of that representing yeah. sort of well but at the end of the day it's still a club thing yeah. and, and it is it is quite distinct then from a, from a Welsh fan culture and I think there's more of a there is more of a Wales fan culture rather than a Cardiff City or Wrexham fan supporting Wales yeah. subcultures. And it's kind of come out from the underground now. We've, we've, we've done blogs and podcasts about this where it felt like quite a fringe thing, where you would get ridiculed for, going, for showing an interest in Wales games. But then, to be fair, when Bobby Gould was your manager, you were, you know, you were fair game, I suppose. Great eyebrows, though. Yeah. Um, not a great kit designer. <laughs> um, and I still, I still think Marjorie was the brains behind it all. <laughs>
2: like a very long time since Wales have been out of their half but they are now and they have a corner
0: in terms of in terms of the national team um what you've what you've got is a, a very strong kind of aesthetic and a brand that is I'm not a marketing person I'm not necessarily comfortable with these terms mm. but people it's you know it's about bucket hats it's a big badge culture um, so it has got the fashion stuff as I said with spirit 58 yeah um, and I think what Europe 2016 did was give everybody a crest of a wave to ride on yeah. and um, I think what would have been really fascinating was if we'd have qualified for the World Cup does that go up another level or two mm-hmm. because you've sort got that global profile we didn't so it's academic but I think in terms of the you know we haven't we haven't kind of Dropped back three or four rungs, and we've settled back there. It's kind of stayed up there now, where crowds are bigger. That aesthetic is really strong. People are buying into it. People are making a living off of it as well, which I think is important. Generating their own media, um, like ourselves, like other podcasts, um, and um, and that's beginning to filter down into the club game mm. domestically in Wales. It's also beginning, I think, to go then into the women's game. So when you know they sold out Rodney Parade to play England, you know the other day, the end of yeah. August. That's unheard of.
2: You know, that's yeah. just never happened. And I think if you if you look at Jess Fishlock going over to to Leon, yeah. the fact that a, a Welsh player is wanted by well the best club side in the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that, that's something yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. spectacular. But if we talk about the competition element of tonight, what I really felt my main take home from tonight was is we can talk about the size of the stadium and the difficulty difficulty in getting the atmosphere up, but like when you get to that point in the second half where you've got all those substitutions and you feel like you're there basically for a training game of course Jurgen Klopp said that thing about uh, the Nations League is the most senseless competition personally I couldn't agree with that less Mm -hmm. And I think tonight was a very good example of that the fact that the feeling that it it can be you know you can have some interest at the beginning of Mm -hmm. a friendly game but it will fizzle out at some point whereas the Nations League you talked about like keeping that enthusiasm for Wales or for any national team on the boil do you feel as a fan that the Nations League is something that helps to do that?
0: Yeah we. I, I, once we finally understood it the format It's um, <laughs> um, and, and, oh, the um, journalist's fault not explaining it properly Yeah, yeah I think uh, I, I do I like it I think it does put a little bit more meaning into, into the fixtures I think what is Possibly an issue Is that obviously You know in these small groups You're playing um, Two teams twice And, and so we've got, now we've got another game Against Ireland And another game against Denmark For, for us From our point of view But I think um, We were saying this On the last podcast we did That this Spain game Doesn't really matter Tuesday's importance. Yeah So Tuesday's a lot more important Than a champagne Friendly Big glorious surroundings. Well, Spain the top, felt top nation
2: as well. I mean, I mean, it's funny that the cover of As today said uh, they had a picture of the Spain players uh, training on the pitch at uh, the Millennium, and it said uh, English lesson, which I'm, I'm not sure would make a lot okay. of <laughs> Welsh fans feel that happy. But the idea was that they would play someone with a British style specifically to prepare for that game.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure we're necessarily a traditional British side anymore. I mean, go and play Northern Ireland or Scotland for that. But um, <laughs> you know, you saw players who were trying to play out from the back to be more comfortable on the ball. Ball is Goal for Spain. The pick. number
1: 15, Sergio.
2: All back to Cardiff City next month,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're out in Ireland um, at another rather mm, ground near Viva. Um, <laughs> we've got Albania away, Denmark at home. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be rocking at the Cardiff City because that's, that's kind of how it is now. That's the default. And it is, it is, you know, Swansea fans, Wrexham fans, non-aligned Wales fans, you barely hear a dissenting voice that doesn't, think that Cardiff City is now the home ground irrespective of what your club allegiance is irrespective of how far you've got to travel there's no real countenance of going anywhere else it's certainly not here I think I think the interesting debate would be you know, can we get the race course up to, to a level that allows us to take games there the odd friendly so um, and we've got Albania away but argument, for argument's sake Albania at home Sure, that's what that, a ballpark that feels of team. like a, a, a race course sort of fixture um, but yeah, tournament tickets, you couldn't take competitive qualifiers there because you know, I'll show you, you know, translate your, your tournament tickets, seat and entitlement to the race course away from Cardiff City. So it's it's, it's a friendlier season. Mm. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not the you know, voice piece for the, the fans as a whole, clearly, but I think you'd find a, reasonably, a reasonable consensus around all games at Cardiff City with the odd friendly at Wrexham. Would, would suit a lot of people and give you a bit more of a day out for the fans in South Wales as well. And I know, I know people who are you know, big, big Wales fans. They've never been to the race course. I think that's kind of sad really.
1: anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com.